0: Hey everybody, I'm Shelby and I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan.
1: And I'm Tao, I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan.
0: And this is High Voltage. Hey guys, welcome back to High Voltage. When we last spoke, the Lightning were about to face the Montreal Canadiens for the greatest prize in all of sports, the Stanley Cup. And since I have been gone on my vacation, a lot has gone down. And now, we are here on Monday, July 5th, and the Lightning have a 3-0 lead in this series and have a chance to win the Stanley Cup tonight. Whew, we got a lot to catch up on, Tal.
1: Yeah, we definitely do. Three three full games is, is a lot to talk about, but I think we got it.
0: Yeah, so we'll do another kind of supersized episode today. Just in case anybody's wondering, I had a great time on my vacation. had a lot of fun, was able to watch the lightning games with my mom and sister at my neighbor's house. And we just had a great time. The clapper energy was activated and clearly working. And yeah, we got some great results. But we'll just jump in and run through uh, the previous three games of this series. And then fill you in on everything else that's been going on. Let's do it. So, Game 1, not much to really say about it, Tal, except the Lightning were freaking dominant. They won by a score of 5-1, to one, and the one goal the Canadians got was kind of a uh, pinball type situation, one of those weird, unlucky bounces. And to me, it looks like the Lightning came ready to play. They had previously been 0-3 in Game 1s of the Stanley Cup Final, and we have all seen their struggle in the first home game of the series throughout these playoffs. So I think expectations were maybe a little more moderate than usual going into that game. But the Lightning showed up, and they showed out, and they won that game 5-1. to Tal, any big things from Game 1 you want to mention?
1: They, they played very good. Tampa came out and attacked. Uh, they were the better team 100 percent um i think it's kind of crazy here lately though they've been getting some scoring from their their defensemen to score first in games
0: yeah we have eric chernak opening up the scoring of the series with a great goal i believe Tal that was his first playoff goal ever
1: his first playoff goal in 46 postseason appearances yeah we also had scoring from yanni gord kucherov scored twice Stamco scored once to end the game on a power play to end Montreal's 32 consecutive streak of power plays killed off. And also another person in this series who got his first career playoff goal for the Canadiens, the only one in the game, was Ben Sherratt. He scored on a Shea Weber and Jasper assist. And it was his first goal also in 52 career playoff games. Yeah,
0: so great goal scoring for sure for the Lightning. Um, I said it was a dominant performance, but honestly that game was 2-1 to one until the third period. The Lightning were out shooting and out possessing the Canadians, and we know how their record is when leading after two periods is, but they definitely came out in that third and really kind of went off. They eventually get a 5-on-3 power play opportunity um, Stamkos scores a great goal to kind of cap off the game make it 5-1 and just like that the Lightning win the first game at home and have a 1-0 lead in the series. The other thing to mention from game one that's kind of important is that in the third period Alex Kalorn laid his body out on the line to block a shot Puck came off what looked to be the ankle of his skate He did not return to the game, and unfortunately, he has been out the past two games with that injury. So no Alex Killorn for games two or three, which means that for game two, the lines get a little bit shaken up, and Matthew Joseph drew back into the lineup. Joseph played every single game of the regular season, but we have not seen him in the postseason since the Florida series. We also had Tyler Johnson being moved back into a center role and being moved up the lines to play with Stamkos and Sorelli. So you had Joseph and Maroon and Colton on the fourth line and then Johnson jumped up to the second line. And it seemed to be a great move for Tyler Johnson, as we will see. Tal, do you want to give us a short little game two recap?
1: Well game two was absolutely bonkers when it came when it comes to the second period. Yeah, Montreal was dominating this this is pretty much the game that Montreal had overly dominated throughout the first two even three periods. It
0: was definitely a game that Montreal should have won and could have won if they were playing anybody else but the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Yeah, for me this game came out to be a fantastic game for me because not much of you know but we've been doing a couple a couple bets on a couple of these games throughout the postseason and it was really good to start off this game for me. I picked uh, Anthony Sorelli to score the first goal of the game. I just felt like it was coming. Tyler Johnson was announced. I mean, Tyler Tyler Johnson was announced to move up. I felt like it was a great opportunity for that line. That line had been playing fantastic. Kalorn before the game being announced that he was out earlier midday. I felt like Sorelli was going to be able to produce, and he did right off the bat. He got a he got a goal from. Jan Ruda, and even Tyler Johnson. I just I just felt like the, that Lam was going to score. And I picked him to score the first goal of the game for this one and put a little money on it, won a little bit of money.
0: Won a lot of money, honestly. <laughs> it was so freaking funny because I had just put in those bets for Tao on my way up the mountain. and I was in the car with my sister, and I was explaining to her, I was like, yeah, this is what Tao wants us to bet on today. And I was like, looking, I was like, Anthony Sorelli to score the first goal. I was like, that's such a hard bet to make. And I looked at my sister, I was like, you know, we're probably just throwing money away, but you know what, I'm going to do it. And then when Anthony Sorelli scored, I literally looked at my sister with like wide eyes and just started like jumping up and down and screaming because I knew how happy Tao was. Like we had finally hit the big one. Um, So it was really, really, really great. But then the Canadians tied the game up. And it looked like it was going to be one-to-one going into the third period. And then at the end of the second, we have a goal that will probably live on in lightning lore forever. It was absolutely incredible. You have Barkley Goodrow receiving a pass from Ryan McDonough with under 10 seconds left in the game. Goodrow gets it down the ice with maybe two or three seconds left. Gets it over to Coleman and Blake Coleman dives and knocks this puck into the back of the net with 0.3 seconds left in the second period. Eventually, they would look at the time and correct to something like 1.7 seconds left. But either way, Coleman with a buzzer beater that was pretty much I think the dagger in the hearts of the Montreal Canadiens gave the Lightning a two-to-one lead going into the third and really that was all she wrote. They did not look like the same Canadians team after that. They had their moments, they pressed, but they started making huge mistakes, one of which was a terrible pass behind the net, a no-look back, backhand pass that Andre Pilot just absolutely snipes And puts right behind Carey Price. And Tau bet on Andre Palat scoring two. So we hit two bets. (laughs) But more importantly, the Lightning won in a game that it didn't look like they should have won. I think the shots Tau were 41 to, like, maybe in the teens for the Lightning.
1: It was uh, 43-23 for Montreal. Yeah, so you you have
0: Vazzy blocking 42, say. I mean... I feel bad for the Canadians for that one, honestly. They, they gave it all. Well, yeah, and I think Vazzy was um, maybe feeling a little vengeful because, as we learned leading up to Wednesday's game on Tuesday, the NHL awards were announced. And to my surprise, your surprise, and I think everyone's surprise, the Vezina Trophy did not go to Vazzy. It went to Marc-Andre Fleury of the Vegas Golden Knights. And no offense to Flurry, he's had a great career, but that award is not a lifetime achievement award. It's an award for the best goaltender in the regular season. And somehow a goaltender who was not even the starting goaltender for his own team and started way less games won the Vesna over Andre Vasilevsky, who has had a record-breaking season with multiple shutouts, win streaks, all these things, and somehow three GMs, because GMs are the ones who do the voting for this, did not even have him in their rankings of the top three goalies. So a little suspicious, but definitely lit the fire under Vaz because he came out and had that performance in game two. It was absolutely stellar. Stole the game from Montreal, and just like that, the Lightning were up two to nothing.
1: Yeah, I believe after the game they said it was an NHL record for most goals, most shots saved in a NHL playoff game in the standard error of a regular time the game not including overtime
0: yeah i mean he just does it night after night it's i mean he's so young too you know he's such a young goaltender and to be having the kind of success that he has his ability to change the course of games of series just having him in between the pipes like his impact cannot be understated at all he's he's a beast he's an absolute beast i mean I'm going to say it later on the pod, but just like, gosh, we're very lucky. So, so lucky. So we go into game three, which is on Friday. We're back at Montreal. There was a lot of talk about what kind of the Montreal environment was going to be like because the Canadian government had said they were not going to allow the 10,000 fans the Canadians were requesting. It was still going to be 3,500 with, you know, 20,000 out in the street outside. It doesn't make any sense, but whatever. So I think people were talking about whether, you know, was that going to be a disadvantage for the Lightning because they kind of have been playing in front of packed crowds? Like, is that going to be weird? Is the atmosphere in Montreal going to impact at all? Um, And we got our answer pretty quickly because within two minutes of the first period, the Lightning scored twice. Tal, do you want to talk about those goals?
1: Yeah, this, this was this was kind of a little bit of a crazy one. I don't think anybody in their right mind had any type of bets or anything out there for these these two. Maybe for the second one, but the first one, I don't think anybody had it. Jan Ruda come out and scored one minute and 52 seconds into the game. He p- puts on an absolute... Great shot. I thought at first when I thought he shot it, I actually thought it got redirected by a plot or someone in front of the net, but it didn't. When you look back at it, he put it in the net, and he starts the scoring for the defenseman again in another playoff game. And I believe this is the second time in the playoffs that both of these men have scored the first two goals of the game. Victor Hedman followed up shortly after, less than two minutes after, and scored on the power play goal from Kucherov and Anthony Sorelli
0: Yeah, so let's break down how that power play happened, though, Tao, because, of course, Jan Ruda scores. Y'all just got scored on by Jan Ruda. That's bad enough. But <laughs> Montreal then puts a puck out of play, which is an automatic penalty. Yeah. They just flip it over the glass. There's no deflection. That's an automatic penalty. So now early in the game, you're not only down 1-0, but you've put Tampa on the power play. And we talked a lot in this series about what the difference was going to be. Was the Montreal penalty kill going to be better than the Bolts power play? And throughout the first three games, I think we have our answer. I mean, the Lightning power play is just unstoppable. Victor Hedman, like you said, gets gets the pass from Cooch and, I think you said, Sorelli, and buries it. I mean, this one just literally beat Carey Price. It was It was too hard of a shot. He got a little bit of it, but it was such a big shot. It just trickles right into the back of the net. And the Lightning have a two to nothing lead three minutes into the game. Just crazy. And it, you, you almost feel bad for Montreal. They've got home ice back. They've got a chance to maybe win this game and bring this series back into play. And just like that you're down two to nothing. I mean, come on, that that's tough. But they come back and they get a timely goal. And it was 2-1 to one going into the second period. And then, Tal, why don't you tell us what happens in the second period?
1: Victor Hedman also set a record in the first period to, to just combat that. He, when he scored his goal in the first period, he became the first player to score a playoff goal in 12 calendar months of a year. First player in NHL history to do it. I believe last year there was some scheduling things that happened, which made hockey happen in June last year. And some August games were played, so it, it allowed him to get this record. And it'll probably be the only person to ever get this record unless something crazy happens. But the second period kicks off again very quickly. Tampa comes out very quick. Kucherov comes out and strikes another beautiful shot past Cor- Carey Price. And we're up 3 1 on my birthday. In fact, this is my birthday game here, everybody. Oh, yeah,
0: it was Tal's birthday. Happy birthday to It was, it was
1: my birthday game, and, you know, my team's not here anymore, but I was, I've was i been rooting for Tampa throughout the playoffs. And Kucherov puts one in the net coming from a Chernak pass and Palat pass as they both get the assist here. And, again, they start out fast, uh, less than two minutes again after the first goal goes in in the second period. Tyler... Blanking Johnson, as
0: Tyler M.F. Johnson, as as
1: Shelby (laughs) likes to call him, gets a pass from Matthew Joseph and David Savard on this play, and he puts a beautiful shot in the back of the net. As I said, this line has been huge, and they were mentioning it on the broadcast at this point in time that Tyler Johnson being moved to the center position has helped out that line with Kalorn being out. It has provided very much a reemergence of the fourth line slash second line that he's been playing on in this playoff run it's just been absolutely crazy I know from you probably being as a Tampa fan watching this on TV you probably were ecstatic being up 4-1 in a game three yeah
0: just to talk about the goals and about Tyler Johnson. First of all, both of those goals were kind of odd man rush opportunities. Tampa on the counter attack, you get two-on-one situations that led to those goals. But for Tyler Johnson, I've talked about it a little bit on the previous pods, but he played like shit for the majority of this <laughs> season. And he was put on the waivers to start the season. And I think the other teams looked at that and saw Tampa's cap issues and saw Tyler Johnson on the waivers and said, we're not going to do anything to help them out. We're not We're not going to take him off. They're going to have to figure out this cap crunch. Good luck to them. And pretty much throughout the entire regular season, fans like myself, I'll admit it, were really upset with the play of Tyler Johnson. There were a couple of key moments where his turnovers or his lack of back checking resulted in lightning losses. And I think everybody was really frustrated and there were calls to trade Tyler Johnson for, you know, a bottle of Gatorade because that would be better. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. He was he was really being talked down on a lot. And he comes out in these playoffs with a different kind of pep in his step. He has had so many – he's had two huge goals before this game that have changed the course of, of games and series and, and just big moments where he stepped up. But the way he has been flying – On the ice, the opportunities he's created, he has looked like a completely different player than the one we saw in the regular season. And I was incredibly happy for him to get this goal because it's his hard work finally being rewarded and recognized. And I think with the expansion draft coming up this month and the cap issues the Lightning are facing, if this is potentially the last time we get to see Tyler Johnson in a Lightning uniform... He is giving us all our money's worth, for sure. Just really happy for him. Great plays by Johnny. And he's not done in this game.
1: Tal? Just give him the consummate already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's not go that far. Let's not go that far. Come on now.
1: Well, wait in the second. It looks like Montreal finally decides to play some offense. Their, their first and second lines have been hounded. Throughout this playoff series, they... They're trying to, I think, play defensively where they're trying to stop and slow down the Kucherov and point line. And they're putting themselves in very awkward defensive matchups and awkward situations where, like Shelby was saying, they've, they allow two breakaway goals to start the period. If Tampa doesn't have these, you know, we're looking at a 2-1 game. And with a, with a Nick Suzuki goal at the end of the third period with about two minutes left, from uh, Petrie and Caulfield to put the score back into 4-2. You're looking at a p- possible 2-2 tie here if Montreal were able and to And that was a
0: soft goal from Vazzy too It was. Tal. That, that goal that that was not a goal Vazzy usually lets in. And like Montreal has to take advantage of that right? Because you mm-hmm. we saw it in Carolina like in that series and especially in Florida. When you have a chance to get Vazzy on an off night you better freaking take it And so far, not many teams have been able to take that advantage.
1: Yeah, I believe uh, NBC throughout this game were saying that, especially at the start when after Deneau made it 2-1, they were saying Vazzy just does not look comfortable tonight. He doesn't look like he's been the entire series. It looked like he was just a little uncomfortable. And I believe around this time, Montreal gets a little upset It might have been in the third period, but I'm pretty sure it was around this time. Hedman apparently gets pushed in the back, and at this time, they're getting momentum, and the net comes off the goal, and they're they're a little upset because they think Hedman did it intentionally, saying that he should have stopped, and... Yada, yada, yada. NBC making excuses. Oh, we've
0: had two plays in their offensive zone where Carey Mas- Price's mask has fallen off and plays when Whistle Dead, so I don't really want to hear
1: it. Yeah. That's just excuses. I believe there was a Tyler Johnson But yeah, and there. then... That, that happened.
0: Yeah, and, and then, you know, it is what it is. You just... It happens. So, into in the third period, as we begin, it is 4-2. It is. And... Once again, we know the statistic of how good the Lightning are when leading going into the third period. They've only lost twice. All right? It's pretty pretty damn good. All season, all postseason, twice. And then, uh, tell us about what happens in the third period, Tal.
1: Well, as Shelby has hinted at, Tyler Johnson was not finished in this game. He comes out about five minutes in and puts well just over 5 minutes in and puts in another goal unassisted this time. He does it by himself, just takes the puck straight to the net and beats Carey Price for the second time in this game. He just again absolutely just wonderful to see. He's been stepping up his game with the chlorine injury, even before the chlorine injury, I felt like he was he was still stepping up his game, I think there was just some missed opportunities with that fourth line. You know how fourth lines are. They're not the greatest – they're not the best players in the world, but they, they're they there to contribute. And I just think some of the passes earlier in the postseason just didn't connect between them. But they've been getting a lot better. Him, Blake Coleman, Goodrow, that whole entire offensive defense have been stepping up mightily, especially with the Coleman goal in the last game where he dove and made – pretty much a Blake Coleman play. But yeah, Tyler Johnson makes it five two very early in the third. But Montreal decides we're not done yet. We're gonna continue to fight. We're gonna continue to actually this is way further in the third. I don't know why I said five minutes into the third. This is way late. It's <laughs> my bad. It's fifteen. Yeah, minutes at this point the they, they
0: pulled their goalie. Yeah. They pulled their goalie. You know, they're down they're down two goals. They pulled the a goalie with about two minutes left. And they do get a third goal off what was honestly a beautiful shot. I thought it was a, a beautiful shot. I didn't think there was much Vaszl could do there. It was it was an absolute beamer.
1: Yeah, I believe this is the one where he was trying to defend the low shot because that's what Montreal's game plans are. If you don't remember, if you don't remember last, well, if you are not a huge hockey fan, but you've watched the playoffs and you watch Montreal play in their series. There was a lot of things about Cole Caulfield only being able to shoot in the between the legs of Mark Andre Fleury last last playoff series, but Corey Perry puts one above Vazzy here, and there's not like like she said, there's nothing Vazy can do here. He's playing for the puck to go low, and I just think it was one of those just shots that just gets through, and then they pull their goalie here, and it's not over yet because Tampa scores again right after yeah
0: and it's coleman with an empty netter it is. and tampa kind of doesn't get a lot of empty netters it feels like we 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 very rarely do but blake coleman gets one here and he actually went off the ice for a little bit earlier in this game after taking a hard hit into the board so great for him he's been money for us all postseason um and yeah and the lightning have a 3-0 series lead going into game four and Tal, we're sitting here now potentially talking about in seven or eight hours this week another lightning stanley cup
1: they are,
0: and a sweep and i know it's kind of it's tough because it's very exciting right like we think we're on the precipice of this tonight yeah but you don't want to get too, too ahead of yourself so i want to do two things i want to kind of get a little ahead of ourselves and talk about what the potential is of if they win, and then also talk about, you know, if we end up coming back for Game 5 in Tampa. So, first of all, if Tampa wins tonight, are they a dynasty? Is this a legacy team?
1: Yes. 100%. 1000%.
0: I completely agree. I think this group has had the most success of any team in the cap era, except maybe for Chicago. I think there's an argument to be made about Chicago, but... This would be the second team in the cap era to go back-to-back besides the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: This would be the first sweep in the Stanley Cup Finals since Detroit in 1998. And this is the last possible game tonight with this core group because we have the expansion draft, we have cap issues, we have all these things. We know this could be the last night that we get to see this team play together. And... The reason why it's so sad is because of the legacy of this group and the success that they've been able to have. And I know every single person wants to bring up the lightning being swept by Columbus in 2019. But if you look at what they've done since that moment, it has been nothing short of dynastic. It's it's a legacy. If they're able to win the cup tonight, they're forever going to be cemented, not just as champions, but as a dynasty, as the Tampa dynasty. For sure. Um, it's just... It's so incredible to be able to witness it. And just be grateful for it. Like I've, I've said, just be grateful for it. Enjoy it. Enjoy every second. Now, Tau, again, if the Lightning do win tonight, which we're all hoping for, who is your front runners for the Conn Smythe?
1: Well, considering the NHL won't do it, because we've we've kind of talked... off of the the podcast about this but I'm kind of almost agreeing with you here. I don't think Victor Hedman, I don't think uh, sorry, Kucherov wins it, sorry Um, I was thinking about Hedman because he was just, the record that he set was on my brain but Kucherov, as much as he's been impressive and he's the second player to score more than 27 points that didn't play in the regular season and to do it in the playoffs is extraordinary I, I, I I think he's a front runner on on a some on a lot of people's ballots. I think he's a very good front runner, but Vazilevsky or Vazzy has been just too good in the playoffs. Braden Point even could be in this conversation, and I think those are the three front runners for Tampa. The only way Montreal gets any considerations here is if you know they pull an absolute 3-0 comeback which hasn't happened since 1942 when the last Canadian team to do it was uh, Toronto.
0: Yeah, so I think you're completely right. I think I think the nominees are going to be between Kucherov, Braden Point, and Andre Vasilevsky. And I think what you're saying, Tal, is that because of this drama and the Rumors and all the bullshit surrounding Kucherov's return for the postseason. I think they're going to be reluctant to give it to him. However, he most definitely deserves it. He's had an incredible postseason. The points he's put up, the records he's set, he's up there with greats like Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky as far as the amount of points he's had. But I don't think he'll get it. I think him and Braden Point kind of split those votes and Vazy gets it. That's just my opinion. I think the entire team you know has has been a part of this effort of course but to me those three are really the impact players who have stood out
1: the question i have to ask is the con a I, i'm not too too sure about the con is it a um is it a gm voted thing is it a fan voted thing what what who votes for this
0: no the um like the journalists do like okay there's people part of, of of a certain association for the NHL and it's like journalists. So and,
1: so, so this um, this vote may have already happened before tonight's game, is that what you're saying? Well
0: the votes the votes are due by the ten minute mark of the third period, okay. regardless of the score. So even if, you know, the Canadians are winning, the consmith votes are still due.
1: Okay. Because because so, it would be it's a game clutching game, right? Correct well
0: correct so yeah yeah. so we could we could know obviously tonight who would win um but they do have you know like brayden point could come out and just have an absolute monster of a game and be able to win yeah or kucherov it just it just depends
1: so i think i think the front two runners no disrespect to brayden point i think he's been fantastic I think the front two runners are Kucherov and Fazzy, but but if if I had to just go right now off the top of my head, it, it also depends on how the game's going. But Fazzy's just been so good. I I kind of I've kind of like you. I I think with everything that has surrounded Tampa, and them coming out with Tampa being over this cap and journalists just eating it alive, I I just don't see any way unless Kucherov. Continues to break records, which he already has. If he continues to just put up three point games, and he does it before the third period, that's the only way I can see him doing it again. Because he would he would then have 33 30 plus points. Uh, and if I mean if Vazzy struggles too, you got to think about it. If if Hedman, I mean if Kucherov comes out and puts up three goals or two goals and assists, and the game's three three going into the third, somehow. Not to say that that's going to happen. I, I, that's the only way I can see Vazzy not winning it. Kucherov would have to yeah, pull off. Yeah, Tal,
0: of, you keep you keep wanting to say Hedman, yeah. and I think maybe I should have gotten you a Hedman jersey <laughs> for your birthday well, because clearly Hedman is on your mind. No,
1: I, I keep thinking about his his thing last year because he, you know, he obviously took the consmith last year, and I'm staring at his name on my laptop, and it's just <laughs> he's just in front of my he's just in front of me. <laughs> And so,
0: hey, he's a great guy to have in your head. And plus, I don't he scored. You at all. He, sure he he lives rent yeah. free in a lot of people. Well, he heads. scored
1: last game and he won it last year. And so when I think of consummate for Tampa, his name automatically pops into my head because he won it last year. And you expect him to just be in the running for it, and he's he's not. And it's kind of like.
0: Yeah, well, I think this season, his role, this postseason, his role has been a little different. I mean, we know he's playing injured. We know he's going to have to have surgery after this season ends. So, I mean, obviously, he's not at 100%. And still to be doing what he has been doing at less than 100% is phenomenal. It's just the whole team. Like, I, I read something from a journalist the other day that said Yanni Gord and Blake Coleman would be first line players on any other team and it's so true like just the depth of this lightning team is unbelievable because even players that are on the fourth line like tyler johnson and even ross colton you know ross colton has the potential to maybe be a first line player one day if not soon if he was on any other team like the lightning are just so deep and so talented and i think that's where montreal has struggled in this series is like how do you not only go toe to toe with you know the goal scorers like Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov? how How do you you know get pucks past Andre Vasilevsky? Well, you got Carey Price, maybe that balances it out. But then even still, how do you combat the offensive scoring for the defensemen of the Lightning? Yeah. How do you go up against the grind line of Gord and Coleman and Goodrow, and then face Patty Maroon and and Ross Colton and Tyler Johnson? Like, there's just so many variables yeah, and to me there hasn't been a single moment in this series where it looks like the canadians have had the answer to any of those lightning players and the lightning have led this entire series they have not been down a goal this entire series it's been totally dominant and i mean tau from what we've seen do you think there's something more from Montreal that, that's left to be seen here, or do you think that this is it? Do you think the lightning win tonight?
1: I don't know. I've I've read a couple changes for tonight's game. It's a little it's a little out there too for me. I I think Montreal is trying their this is their last hurrah. They're trying literally everything. They're they're taking I don't know how to say his last name, Jasper. Koty out. I don't know how to say his last name. Sorry guys, I'm not very good with last names. Especially these German slash crazy Canadian names. But he's getting replaced tonight by Jake Evans, which is he hasn't played but one game in the series and that was game one. And I know he's been in and out of the lineup. They're also scratching John Merrill and Eric Gustafson for Brett Kulak and the rookie defenseman Alexander Romanov who haven't played since game one versus Vegas. It's there, it just feels like the coach is trying every single. I mean, he's trying. He's he's finally trying something, and I think what he should have been doing was, as NBC likes to say it, I think that he should have been trying it back in game two. He should have been trying to switch up the Suzuki line because I know he's been trying to put you put them out there with Braden Point in them to try to slow down that line. But when you put so much focus, I think I think that's the issue with Montreal so far on this one too. They haven't faced a team like Tampa, let's be honest. There's no team in the NHL that's like Tampa, except maybe a couple teams that can score like Tampa. But there's nobody right now that's like Tampa out there, especially in the Canadian division, because that division's not very good. The West really isn't that great outside of Vegas and Colorado. There's just not very good teams out there. Tampa plays the very good teams, such as Carolina, who won the division. Florida, who plays in the very tough. Nashville, who's a great young up-and-coming team. Dallas, who's a great up-and-coming team. They play just the hard defenses and the good goaltenders. And these other teams don't face those. And I think it's just too late right now for Montreal to be trying to change anything. I, should, I think they should have ch- taken Carey Price out a couple of games ago to give him a rest. I mean, he just...
0: Well, that's crazy. There's no way they <laughs> know, were going to do but... that. Absolutely no way. But I agree with you. I think they should have blended up these lines a little bit sooner. It's just, you know, is it the death throes right now that they're doing kind of all these changes? I mean, at this point, you have nothing to lose, right? You got to try something. Clearly what you've been trying isn't working. But for me, I don't think the Canadians are able to do it. I know it's a little cocky of me to say that, but I, from what I've seen so far in this series, the way the Lightning have played, if you think Game 2 was the absolute worst performance you've seen out of the Lightning all, all postseason, and maybe it was in the second period, and they still come away with a win, I think you have to be a little, a little cocky going into this Game 4 because the Lightning have not showed us very much of anything that they are, are going to be beaten tonight. And with that being said, this could potentially be the last hockey game of the season, which is a little sad because I have so enjoyed this this run since January. I have watched every single second of every single game, seen every goal, every shot, and to see this team and the way they've battled through adversity and injury and the run that they've been on together, I'm just it's been like magical to watch and the games that I've gotten to go to in Tampa have been awesome like it's just been such a fun series and you know it was 16 years between the time we won our first cup and and last year when we won our second and you always have to think you don't know when you're going to be in this moment again so it's definitely something to just soak it all in and treasure it and if the Lightning do win tonight, we will be talking about not only back to back champs, Dynasty, but we'll be talking about a Pat Maroon three Pete. <laughs> three years in a row, he'll have won the cup, which is kind of crazy. And then, you know, we'll also be talking about possibly a Andre Vasilevsky con Smythe winner after losing out on the Vesna, which is kind of funny. I mean, and on top of that, you know, the legacy of John Cooper in Tampa and all the success he's been able to have and what he's been able to do with this group. I mean, there's just a lot of things that I think we won't see as Tampa fans for a long time. And not that I'm saying, you know, things are going to change and we're not going to win the cup ever again. I'm just saying that this group is not going to be together. Um, we're going to lose key players. We're going to have to trade away key players. It's its all going to happen pretty fast, so just buckle in and enjoy this moment the final thing I want to say before we end the podcast and go enjoy this game four is that the lightning have won the Stanley Cup on Monday in 2004 and on Monday in 2020 and today Monday July 5th they have a chance to raise it for the third time in franchise history so some people hate Mondays the Tampa Bay Lightning love them it's going to be a great game Hope you guys enjoyed our Supersize episode. Sorry we've been off the grid, but we are back. And we will see you on Tuesday, hopefully, to celebrate the Lightning lifting another Stanley Cup. So everybody, enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy this group. Savor it. Relish it. Have tons of fun. And as always, go Bolts.